This podcast from Teacher is supported by MacKillop Seasons, whose Seasons for Life project supports schools with loss and grief following a suicide and other loss event. Hello and welcome to Series 2 of the School Assembly Podcast from Teacher Magazine. I'm Jo Earp. Yes, I'm actually venturing out of the office this year. I'm just about to set off for Truganina, which is just outside Melbourne, to meet with Jo Camazato for the first time. She's the principal of Beaming Secondary College, which is a new build school. It's actually on two campuses, which is interesting. They've got a year 7 to 9 campus and a 10 to 12. So that will be an interesting episode when we find out a little bit more about the different transitions that go along with that structure. But in this first episode, we'll be chatting about Jo's experience as an educator, what led her to school leadership and also what's happened so far in terms of the new secondary school. So definitely looking forward to this series. Like I say, we'll be following Jo and her team right through to June 2024 checking in with them each month. If you haven't listened to the School Assembly podcast before, it's the podcast that explores what it's like to build a new school from the ground up. So we'll be exploring things such as timetabling, long and short term planning, school logos and uniforms, obviously the big things like pedagogy and instruction, the vision, the ethos of the school, building on that culture. And then those challenges really as they come along. I should imagine that uh, staffing is going to be something that we talk about a little bit differently this year. We're in the middle of teacher shortages here in uh, Victoria, as I'm sure most people are across Australia at the moment. So there's certainly plenty to talk about. And then, of course, we'll be touring the learning spaces as well and talking about the actual build. So, yeah, really looking forward to this series. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Let's get started. Um, we're here at Garang Willem Primary yep. School in Truganina, but actually you're going to be the foundation principal of Beeman's Secondary School, Joe. So it's great to meet you. It's nice to actually come out uh, for school assembly, which is good because the first series we did uh, remotely, Rain Rachel, were in WA. Uh, so Joe Camazato here, we are just starting off on this journey really for us. But for you, I should imagine an awful lot's happened. Uh, when did the whole process start for you? Yes, well, I um, applied for the position um, in term one of this year and I began in earnest in April. So I'm now like nearly two terms in, which is a bit scary because the time is starting to really fly by. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the first term and second term of this year, we have a lot of policy writing. And so you can feel like you're a bit going around in circles, writing policy, but it's a really rich time. It's when you're thinking about your vision, your philosophy, school values, what's next, and you begin the first stage of your recruitment, looking for your business manager and an assistant principal. Mm -hmm. And I just met your business manager and assistant principal, and that's fantastic that you've already recruited them. Was that the plan all along then, that those are the two key positions? Yes. So they're the only two key positions we're allowed to have for the rest of this year. Ah. So the three of us have to work it all out. And of course, I am excited, but at the same time, um, 
Beeman Secondary College is a dual campus secondary school. So it's the first dual campus school that's opened in this area for a while. So basically I have year seven, eight, nine on one campus and 10, 11 and 12 on the other campus and there's still only three of us. So there's the challenge because sometimes it, it actually feels like two schools even though we're the one school. But when I go for site visits, I think, oh, this looks really good and it's pretty big. And then I realise, oh, I have another site to go and look at. And then the reality starts to sink in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so the unusual thing um, as well, this series, is it's a secondary. So a completely different uh, kettle of fish, I think. So it be interesting to um, speak about those particular challenges and differences between primary and secondary. I'm interested then in just the location itself. We're in Truganina, just driving around, um, coming to the school to meet you. There's a lot of building going on, obviously. That's why they need another school. So what kind of area does it serve then? Yes, yeah, so look, Truganina is made up of a lot of new housing estates, probably 10 to 15 years old, but also things that are still opening up and there's still a lot of families moving into the area. So the areas that are still to be developed, um, the college itself is going to serve a lot of the local primary schools, taking in young people at year seven, so at that 12-year-old age. But also out in the western region, in this particular pocket of Melbourne, there are a lot of what we call prep to nine colleges. So at the end of year nine, they have to go to another school. And so the college is actually here to take in students at year 10 from three local prep to nine schools where they have very large populations of um, two of them at least have more than 2,000 students. So obviously I'm not getting 2,000 in one go, but already for next year I have 200 enrolments for year 10 and 100 enrolments for year 7. Very multicultural area, so lots of different um, families out here from different cultural backgrounds, which makes it quite diverse and quite um, exciting. Okay, and so in terms of the um, enrolment then, I know that some secondary schools start just to seven and eight in the first year, so how will it work with yours? So this is where the challenge is. We start at year seven mm -hmm. and then also at year 10. Year seven is more about, I suppose, us connecting with our feeder primary school, one which is Garang Willem, where I'm based, which is really nice. So they have about 50 year sixes here, and a lot of them are going to come on to the new high school. And so even inadvertently, I get a chance to meet them by walking around, and then we can develop stronger relationships as the term goes. But the other challenge is the year nines going into year 10. So year 10 is traditionally a year where you start to really start to think about your pathways and what subjects and courses are you going to select that may lead you to a pathway that you want. So we're having to think of a way of connecting with our year nines and start that conversation so they can select these subjects that we haven't really created or written yet or found teachers to teach to offer them in next year in year 10. So that's the challenge. So we have to imagine everything and hope that it's all going to work out. It's a challenge, isn't it? Yes. It'd be fascinating to talk more with you about that and the transition. You've got two transitions then. You've got your primaries, you said your primary to year seven, and then year nine to year ten as well, and having to um, yeah get on board with what the students are after and the parent expectations as well. So that will be interesting. Um, what's your background uh, yourself? I mean, uh, did you always want to be a uh, principal? Uh, 
I always get asked that question. I think that's a really funny question. So my background is drama and theatre. Mm -hmm. And um, I also chose drama and theatre teaching because at the time my family were not very happy that I wanted to go into the performing arts. So I sort of did a bit of teacher training because I thought that would make them sort of calm down and realise I could still have a job while working in that sort of area. And that I did do that for a while. And then I decided I didn't want to be a teacher and that while I taught, I would retrain as a psychologist. So I did actually do that as well with the idea that I would leave education and become um, a private practicing psychologist. Um, and, but what happened was I promoted. So I ended up moving into stu student wellbeing and engagement. And then I became a principal class member involved in wellbeing and engagement. And then I transferred across to teaching and learning. Um, because a very wise principal said to me, well, if you can do that with young people, I need you to work with the staff around implementing pedagogical models, building teacher capacity, helping them to come on board during change management. And I did that. And I kept thinking, when am I going to leave and be a psychologist? And then somehow I became a principal from there. And here I am. And I really do enjoy the challenge of of the role, but it wasn't where I sort of started and where I thought I would be. You're listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine, supported by MacKillop Seasons, whose Seasons for Life project supports young people affected by suicide and other loss events throughout Australia. Free for Australian high schools and based on the strong evidence base of the Seasons for Growth, Change, Loss and Grief education programs, the Seasons for Life project builds well-being, resilience, social and emotional coping skills and strengthens supportive relationships. How long have you been the principal for them? Um, this is my sixth year. Mm -hmm. And am I right in thinking that this isn't the first time you've started a school from scratch? You're absolutely right. So I had the privilege of starting another new school in the northern suburbs of Melbourne called Edgars Creek Secondary College. And we opened just with year seven. So the challenge is different. Mm -hmm. um, we opened off site with only two of our major buildings being ready in our first year in the middle of the year, and then we moved on site. And that was a very creative time because you really have to think outside the box. New schools are fantastic, but depending on the staged build, you don't necessarily get all your facilities in one go. Um, and so you do sometimes have to sort of be flexible about where you're going to have art until the art room and the art space is ready. This school is you know, a little bit more further advanced. So Beeman Secondary is going to have a lot more facilities ready on the day, which is a lot more helpful for actually planning curriculum. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can hear the sights and we can hear the sounds, sorry, of uh, school going on around us, which again is fantastic. Normally I'm confined to the office, so, so that's good. Um, so your expectations of what the process will be like, I guess are slightly different, having been through it once before. Yeah, it's different, but I'm kind of really resolved to staying open and responsive to what goes on around me. Things have changed in six years. 
So, and I think people forget how quickly things do change, but all you need to do is reflect back on the pandemic and how that brought a lot of things to fruition. And there was a high intake of use of technology that hadn't been used before. You know, I sort of, when I opened Edgar's Creek, we made sure we had e-books online, you know, used an online platform, but many schools were still getting young people to carry around hard textbooks as the only alternative. Well, now most people have e-books and you can buy the hard cover textbook if you wish. So things have really shifted and I think it's important to, even though some things I'm familiar with, I know to stay calm about the build, that'll happen. There are great people that build schools. I don't get too worried about that. But if some a curveball comes my way, I usually go, okay. Because really, people generally want the best for students and young people and children. So they'll work really hard with the principal to try to make sure there's a smooth transition for the school to open. Mm-hmm. Is there a key thing that needs to be in place, do you think? I mean, are you, is there a priority for you or is that even not possible? Like for you, is it like the staff or is it going to be the build? Like you said, you're quite relaxed about the building. Uh, what is it you're most concerned about? I don't want to put concerns there. there. <laughs> <laughs> what keeps me awake at night, That's we it, often yeah. say. What keeps you um, awake at night? Look, what keeps me awake at night really is making sure that I can find good quality staff for the foundation year to set up good groundwork for curriculum development and forward planning. And also you want staff that the students can connect with, people that have got excellent relationship building skills, that are open-minded, that are flexible, that have sense of humour. And like a lot of places around Australia, we're all a bit concerned about the teacher shortage um, without getting bogged down that line because you do also have to stay positive in order to have a problem-solving mindset. But, yeah, that wasn't an issue that I faced the first time around. There were plenty of people to choose from. Not the same anymore. Mm -hmm. And so is the plan then... So we'll talk about timetabling actually next month, about the planning side of things and how you prioritise, how you keep track of this enormous amount of things that need to be done, big and small. But is the timetabling then um, to open beginning of next year? When are you hoping to have the buildings Mm. done? (laughs) That's another really good question. So um, the predicted date of the school being finished is the 20th of December. This okay. year. Okay. So, um, and I, I'm pretty confident, well, maybe I shouldn't say that. Hopefully that most of that will happen by then. Um, they might still be doing a bit of gluing and tacking in January. But, yeah, we're supposed to open day one, term one, and I know that they'll make that happen. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, you're here. It must be nice to be actually in that school environment. And like you said, you're here with some of the kids who are going to be coming to you. Yeah, I, I have to say it's a really lovely school. The kids are really friendly. The staff are really friendly. And also, I suppose it's a way of connecting with the community. It's like a friend's introducing you to the community. And that's really helpful too. So, um, you know, I've had to put together an interim school council. And the principal of this school has sort of suggested some parents. But so has the principal of another nearby school. And they sort of say, you know, have a chat to these parents, see what you think. So it is really lovely to be here. You don't feel lonely. And also people are curious. So even though there's a lot of teachers here and they're really happy here, so I'm not trying to poach anyone, they want to know what you're doing. Oh, is that your uniform? I saw your logo the other day. Um, they, how are you going with your interviews? So it's nice to be able to share that excitement with people rather than being home alone. 
and just working on your laptop. Mm-hmm. Well, we are very much a teacher looking forward to uh, following you for the next year or so it'll be. Uh, one thing we always ask at the end of the episodes is three key questions. So proudest achievement, uh, biggest hurdle and key learning. So this might be small, could be large. So we'll start proudest achievement so far. Mm, well, I think the proudest achievement was that three weeks ago we had what I call an informal meet and greet opportunity for the families. And we really had limited ways to advertise that. We just sort of sent out you know, a digital fly, if you like, to the local schools, um, to the local community centre. We didn't even have our school Facebook page at that point. And we were really hopeful that some families would pop into the local community centre to just meet us, to let us know what part of the world their family originated from, to give us their view on the uniform pieces we had on display. And it was really great. It was well over 100 um families came in which over a period of three or four hours so they could come in when it suited them before or after dinner and that made me feel really excited and I thought wow this actually worked with limited publicity that there is a word of mouth and people are curious and interested Um, so that would probably be the proudest thing hurdle Hmm, I don't know I think I don't even know if I have a hurdle right now hurdles more about just problem solving putting in place some preventative measures and really starting to think about how am I going to staff the school and what ways, how can I think outside the box? I don't. I think hurdle's too strong a word because yep. I haven't really felt that yet. Maybe ask me next time. <laughs> and what was the last one? Key learning. Oh, key learning. Well, I suppose it's a key learning, but it's also remembering. See, no school's the same. It's, it's like a production. No drama production is the same. You don't repeat the same thing Um, so this is a different play a different story a different narrative and I've you know it's good to learn and remember that and so you need to respond to the community that you're serving and understand and the time like I said six years has gone by since I last opened a school and even when I think about the uniform this time around I went no I don't want certain pieces of uniform I think things have changed and it's really important that young people can choose from a wardrobe of items. Do you like that? Wardrobe of (laughs) items. And families have said to me, oh, thank goodness, because they've been battling young people every morning saying, you've got to put your winter uniform on, you've got to put your summer uniform on. Whereas I think primary schools moved quicker into that space where there was a collection of clothing. But secondaries tend to still have, can have, I think more secondaries are moving this way, but can have very linear, like this is summer, this is winter. And I've just gone, this is it. And you can choose to wear whatever piece you want. Very good. As you say, all stories are different. All narratives are different. We are very much looking forward to following your story. And we'll catch up next month when we'll be talking about timetabling and planning. But in the meantime, it's been great to meet you, Jo. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Jo. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'm on my way back to Melbourne now after a great uh, chat with Jo. Great first meeting. Looking forward to catching up with her again next month. If you want to keep listening now, then you can access more than 180 podcasts in our archive. You just head to teachermagazine.com to access those or wherever you get your podcasts from. If you could do me a massive favour as well, you could leave a review 
on the podcast channel. That would be awesome. Helps people like you to find the podcast. And uh, it's also a great support for the team. So thank you for that. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher, supported by MacKillop Seasons, Seasons for Life, supporting schools and young people affected by suicide and other significant losses. Visit mckillopseasons.org.au.